Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This is an RNZ podcast. This week, Denmark's The Guilty is life and death at the end of a phone line. Die Ringer. Der Lamsensang. While in the Spanish, everybody knows, tempers rise with the temperature. And swimming with men, a British feel-good movie like pretty much all the other feel-good movies. I really want you to be proud of me. By what? Swimming with men. Do it again. Again. Shoot me in the face. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. Right now, here in Wellington, we're suffering from a slightly unusual cinematic situation. Unlike many cities where the movie landscape is skewed by an overabundance of blockbusters, closing down many of the art houses along the way, the capital is currently without its downtown multiplex. That's ten big screens gone for the foreseeable future. And suddenly the big-title Hollywood movies that used to fill them are a lot harder to find. I need you to destroy a girl called Alita. You made the biggest mistake of your life. Now moviegoers have to go way out into the suburbs or even as far afield as the Wira Rapper to find the latest hits. But that means that in Wellington, at any rate, Art House is the new mainstream now. So this week, the big titles are no longer gigantic robots battling each other or Liam Neeson finding new family members to avenge. Carl's dead. Tell me what happened. You got mixed up with some drug dealer. Viking. He likes hurting people. What is it with all these nicknames? Speedo, Viking, Eskimo. It's a gangster thing. Did you have a nickname? Wingman. Wingman. In fact, we're almost spoiled for choice with more interesting films. It was only a reluctance to drive all the way to Upper Hutt and back that prevented me from seeing a thriller starring Chloe Grace Moretz and Isabelle Huppert and directed by Neil Jordan. There's something you need to know about Greta. What? Are you insane? What did you do? Though, judging by a certain nastiness in the trailer of Greta, I might have dodged a bullet there. I also decided against a long trek to Masterton in search of a film called Holy Lands, which, on paper at any rate, seems to boast the week's least likely premise. Dad... I hope the strange adventure you're on is bringing you happiness. Raising pigs in Israel? Couldn't you play golf like everyone else? 
But staying close to home, I discovered some hidden gems, though in one case not so hidden. I'd actually seen The Guilty last year at the New Zealand Film Festival, and it's an indication of its qualities that I couldn't wait to see it again. The alarm's in time. It's a thriller from Denmark, which is probably enough recommendation for fans of trendy Scandi Noir. Another film hails from Spain, starring that country's biggest stars, Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem. But the provenance of Everybody Knows is a little more complicated. It's written and directed by the Iranian master Asghar Fahadi, who made the Oscar winner A Separation. Like that film, it's complex and passionate. Well, the third film this week is neither of those things. Listen to the rhythm, Eric. And let yourself go. If British comedy Swimming with Men looks a little familiar, it's because it's based on the same true story that inspired a French film called Sink or Swim. Middle-aged men take up synchronised swimming. It's also an indication of what gets green lit in the UK at the moment. Bits of The Full Monty, bits of Calendar Girls, bits of Dad's Army, bits of, well, bits of everything. Can the hard-working cast, led by Rob Brydon and Jim Carter, salvage anything from the wreckage? We'll find out a little later. But first, buckle up for a white-knuckle ride, the guilty. The alarm's in time. Where comic book movies like The Avengers, Alita and London on Wheels' Mortal Engines make their selling point bigger and bigger, there's a counter-argument among independent films to see how small you can get. A recent example was Locke, starring Tom Hardy, a film that took place entirely in a car driving to London. You have a call waiting. This is Ivan Locke. We have a situation here. You're the man in charge of the entire operation, but you've decided you ain't going to be there. I'm not going to turn back. Hey, Dad, are you coming back? Charles, something's happened. I need you to hold it together for me. It will be a long night. The Guilty takes the same idea as Locke, but ramps it up. Here, a policeman is pinned to a phone at an emergency call centre. The calls come in, he deals with them, often with a bad grace. It's clear he doesn't want to be here. Well, his name's Asgar Holm, and we discover he's been taken off active service while he's investigated for an unspecified offence. However, his boss has tipped him the wink. When he shows up for the hearing tomorrow, he'll likely get off with a warning. Until then, he just has to do one evening shift and then go home. All he has to do is stay awake. The alarm's in time. Hello? Tell me even. Hi, 
And then he gets an odd call. According to the police computer, it's the phone of a woman called Eben, but she seems to be pretending this is not an emergency call. She talks to Asger as if he were her child. She's in a car and doesn't want the driver to know who she's calling. And before we and Asger know it, the story's started. Initially, he doesn't want to get involved. He's only got an hour or so to go. And the sooner this is someone else's problem, the happier he'll be. But it's clear that Eben has been abducted and her time is running out. Like Locke, The Guilty is a story told almost entirely in phone calls. Unlike Locke, this is not a domestic drama. Asger is trying to investigate and then solve a crime by remote control. He has to juggle the phone call from the distressed Eben while contacting the various police departments who can help. And adding extra pressure, this is not his usual area. He's a street cop, not a negotiator, and clearly not a very good street cop, or why is he under investigation? In desperation, he calls in favours, but his colleagues are unanimous. Stay out of it. This isn't your pigeon. But Asger can't help but be drawn in, and we start to wonder whether he really is the bad cop he makes himself out to be, particularly when he makes contact with Eben's six-year-old daughter, Tilda. The twists and turns of the guilty will keep you on the edge of your seat to the final phone call. It's astonishingly the first feature of writer-director Gustav Müller, and its sure-footed script rests on the equally sturdy shoulders of star Jakob Sedegren. Oliver, he's an offer. Mathilde, he's an offer. Eben er offer, du er ikke noget offer, du skulle have en kaffe! It's hard enough for an actor when just about every shot is a close-up of your character, but it's also a performance that's entirely reactions, reacting to new information, processing it, and then trying to decide what's the right thing to do. Eben? Er du der? Eben? Needless to say, he gets it wrong as often as he gets it right. But as the story progresses, the various meanings of the title, The Guilty, make more and more sense. When it comes to preconceptions, we find ourselves often just as guilty as him. It's a thriller with genuine shocks and surprises all the way through, and therefore heartily recommended, obviously.
In the recent Academy Awards, it was hard not to notice that the best films, or at least the most grown-up and unpredictable ones, seem to appear in the best foreign film section. Europe, Asia and Latin America have an old-fashioned belief that not only teenagers are watching films, and Spain's Everybody Knows is a good example. It isn't even a big award winner. It's just how high the bar is set for a halfway decent film in Europe these days. It's only away from European film festivals that a film like this seems out of the ordinary. Stars of Everybody Knows are three of the best in the Hispanic world. From Spain, stellar couple Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem, and from Argentina, the great Ricardo Darín. Hola, pa. Estamos cerca. La tía no nos vino a recoger al aeropuerto. Joan, ella es mi hermana Laura. Mucho mejor. Nada que ver con el anterior. Interestingly, in Everybody Knows, Penelope and Ricardo are the married couple, Laura and Alejandro, while Javier is a long-gone ex. The story opens as Laura returns to Madrid from her new home in Buenos Aires for a family wedding. Hola. Joan, ella es mi hermana Laura. Hola. Papá. Está muy guapa. Lara has brought her two children, a six-year-old boy and teenager Irena. They're welcomed home in a wave of olas, culminating in an affectionate greeting from old boyfriend Paco, Javier Bardem. Paco! ¿Cómo estás? Hola, ¿qué tal? Tu Paco. Estuvieron enamorados. ¿En serio? But lest we think we know where this is going, it's established that both the former lovers are now happily married to other people. In fact, the major stress in the family comes from Laura's disreputable father, who seems to have antagonised the entire neighbourhood for years. But the family cracks are papered over sufficiently for a successful wedding and a happy party afterwards. The one incident is Lara's daughter, Irena, goes to bed complaining of a headache. Shortly afterwards, there's a power cut and the lights all go out. Paco, men. Lara is concerned. She goes upstairs to check on her daughter and finds the bedroom door has been locked. When they break the door open, Irena has gone and all the evidence is she's been kidnapped. Irene! Irene! Part of the everybody knows of the title is the fact that Lara's husband Alejandro is famously a very wealthy Argentinian businessman. It's his money the kidnappers seem to be targeting. Lara panics and urges her husband to join her from Buenos Aires. Alejandro, que venga lo antes posible. 
But is all what it seems? It's clear that someone knows more than they're saying, and all the indications are that someone in the family may have been involved in the kidnapping. That's if, in fact, it was a kidnapping. There are suspicions raised among the wedding guests. Has Irena actually been kidnapped or is it a ploy of hers to get away from her family? Paco asks Laura whether she altogether trusts her husband, who's suddenly having problems raising the ransom. As the secrets and lies mount up, we're reminded of writer-director Asghar Fahadi's previous films. Paco, por favor. The Iranian Fahadi has certainly been here before in both his multi-award winning film A Separation and in the more recent The Salesman. His MO is taking an apparently simple situation then adding twist after twist. What starts as a simple Agatha Christie whodunit shifts from potential culprits to whether a crime has been committed at all, and if it has, by whom and on whom. In these complex family disputes, resentment goes hand in hand with favours, and no good deed goes completely unpunished. By the end, many characters will be wiser, but not necessarily better off. Like all decent thrillers, everybody knows flatters the audience. It's always nice to be treated as intelligent for a change. And the performances, particularly Penelope Cruz, are well worth the price of admission. When the French farce Sink or Swim came out a month or so ago, it seemed about as flimsy a pretext for a feel-good movie as you could imagine. A bunch of disillusioned middle-aged men turned to synchronised swimming to give them purpose. Now the story has inspired a suspiciously similar production from Britain. No one talks about swim club. This club isn't just synchronised swimming. It's a protest. It's the meaninglessness of life. Against who we've become. That's your any of ageing. How old are you? Swimming with Men is one of those mild English comedies that seem to make themselves. A team of ageing losers get together over ballroom dancing, male stripping, marathon running, or, in the case of the Dad's Army remake, beating Hitler. They then find themselves in a triumphant final exhibition and divvy out happy endings all round. You want it? Just got to reach out and take it. And if it's not perfect, at least we were here together. Well, the only question is, how big a cast are we looking at? In the case of Swimming with Men, directed by Oliver Parker, the auteur behind Dad's Army as it happens, the answer is small and B-list. Morning. 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 What's happening with you, Eric? Morning. Morning. It's like you're not you anymore. 
Our hero is accountant Eric, played by always the bridesmaid Rob Bryden. Eric's life is pointless, we're told, and his marriage to Jane Horrocks is, coincidentally, also on the Horrocks. I should warn you, even that joke is slightly better than anything in Swimming with Men. You're collapsing in the middle because you don't have an apex variable. And an Audi convertible. <laughs> just a bunch of middle-aged men who make funny little patterns in a pole. Eric runs into a group of middle-aged men at his local aquatic centre and is fascinated by their activities, to wit, synchronised swimming. Well, the cast isn't large, and yet director Parker and his writers struggle to give them much to do. He needs to be next to somebody less fat. You guys don't have to wear an inch of makeup when you get in the pool. You can be who you want to be. So who do you want to be? We're all uh, wilting flowers. Oh, here we go. There's a lugubrious Tom Wilkinson type, a dashing divorcee, a gay dentist and a petty criminal. And then they seem to run out of stereotypes. The other two are essentially called the other two and given no lines at all. I really want you to be proud of me. By what? Swimming with men. Do it again. Shoot me in the face. Eric joins the group and then we hang around waiting for an actual plot to turn up. It eventually arrives in the form of a young female synchronised swimmer called Susan who likes the cut of our hero's jib. You could go all the way, she says, and then has to explain what all the way means in the context of swimming with men. This is weird. <laughs> Should join us in Milan next month at the World Championships. What? Who ever heard of them? Well, men's synchronised swimming championships anyway. Absolutely not. From Out of a Hat are produced the World Championships in Milan and our swim club are just the team to represent Britain, particularly since there are no other teams on offer. So, can we induce Susan to build up a prize-winning performance? Why they men? It's the chromosome thing. And it's about now that we start to realise quite how tricky these formulaic feel-good movies actually are to pull off. Each character needs an arc of some sort, yes, even the other two, that allows them to shine. And if Eric is to regain his good lady wife, then this has to be earned in some way. Men synchronise swimming. You're looking at the British men's teeth. This club with its silly moves taught me to appreciate what I have in my life. And it should all be timed to happen around the climactic performance, which has to be genuinely a knockout. Well, none of the above were particularly achieved, least of all the reunion of Eric and wife, which seemed to be welded on from another movie. When I wake up in the morning... Let's go out there and do this for each other. Say hello to something new. Frankly, everyone involved in Swimming with Men should be forced to watch The Full Monty, Calendar Girls, Finding Your Feet and Golden Years over and over until they either learn how to do them or lose interest in ever doing them again. Either way, we'll all be winners. And on that optimistic note, it's time to go. I'm Simon Morris and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Mm-hmm.